And so if you have this problem of a shallow network, like take it seriously and really think about how to expand that. Don't constantly be fishing in a stagnant pool. I've done that myself for a long period of time. I've seen the difference when you start to expand your network exponentially and what happens to all the things that you're trying to start um, through your household and the difference can be night and day. So don't just stay with that problem and think, well, I can't do anything about it. I only know these 20 or 30 people and uh, I've already invited all of them and I don't know what to do next. Like the, the next step then is begin to break out of that shallow, stagnant pool that you've been sort of swimming in with those people. You need to make sure that that's, that's becoming more vibrant, more full of life, uh, more full of new people that you can begin to connect with. Welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast, where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, and discipleship. So today's episode was taken from one of our coaching intensives called A House for Community, where we provide households with personal coaching for how to build a community and turn your home into a hub for community relationships. So if you're interested in learning more about A Thousand Houses or checking out some of our other resources, visit 1kh.org. Let's jump into today's episode. Okay, so you're beginning to craft this consistent rhythm of a connecting event. And you're probably going to wonder, how do we invite people? Who do we invite? How do we meet people so that we're constantly using this connecting event to make sure that our relationships are growing, our network's growing. So we wanna talk a little bit, little bit about who to invite. And this is a little tricky for people transitioning out of traditional church structures because in a traditional church environment, there are some basic questions you ask when you're determining whether or not you're gonna invite somebody. You ask questions like, well, are they a part of my denomination? Do they, are they seekers if this is a seeker-friendly church? Or like, what kinds of questions are they asking? Are they looking for a new church home? Those are some of the questions people often ask. And those aren't super relevant when it comes to trying to invite people to your connecting event. So we want to talk about what are the different ways uh, to do this and, and why is it really important. And the main principle that we want to keep front and center when you are building a community with a relational center, as opposed to a center around maybe particular spiritual practices, is you have to focus on people who are leaning into relationship. That is the key principle. And how do you know if they're leaning into relationship? You invite them to your connecting event. And if they show up, then that is a very strong signal that they're interested in relationship. And if they show up again and again as you reinvite them, those are really basic, really good sig signals that they are people who are interested in connecting with you, getting to know you. They wanna go deeper in that relationship. And that is critical because of course, if they don't have that energy, you're not going to build community with them. They have to wanna be in relationship. That is, that is kind of the part that they have to play in the process. Your part is to invite them and to connect with them um, and to build that relationship and deepen that relationship as they're engaging. And so that is what it looks like. And it's really important that you are constantly thinking about who God is putting on your heart, that you're in prayer about the different people that you're meeting and, and uh, rubbing shoulders with and just becoming very bold and open and, and about inviting people, not being afraid of the fear of rejection. Invite lots of people, people that are busy. They say, no, no big deal. 
Um, if, they, if they say, well, we can't do this week, but we really want to do it, then that's a good signal as well, and you want to keep inviting those people. Um, now, there is a problem, though, that we want to talk about, which could really make it difficult for your connecting event to really take off, and that is, what happens if you have a shallow network? What happens if within a few weeks or months, you run out of people to invite and you really aren't getting any traction with this connecting event, this open table, open supper event, your front porch, or with the development taking steps into the community? So we want to talk about how to handle a shallow network in this, uh, in this talk. And um, one of the things we have to understand, you guys, is that we are, we are the loneliest people, sociologists are saying, that maybe who have ever lived on the face of the earth. There's a great book that was very uh, famous by Robert Putnam called Bowling Alone, where he just goes into the crazy statistics about how lonely people are today. And this is a problem that we have to take seriously. And a lot of this is just there's broken connections everywhere. It's not that people don't want relationship. They're more hungry than ever. But it can be, it can be difficult for us to find those people and to draw a bridge between where we are at and where they're at so that they would actually feel comfortable coming over uh, to that kind of front porch event. And so we have to think through what are the things we can do to intentionally uh, build those bridges. And we want to talk about this in three different areas. How do you meet non-believers? How do you meet believers? And how do you meet people of peace? Because if you have a shallow network, you want to be thinking about each of these categories. And we don't live any longer the way that people historically lived in villages where we all kind of grew up around each other, know each other, and that our networks are fairly fixed. We have a lot of influence over the size of our network, over the, over the strength of our network. And if, you're, if you have a shallow network, then you can really fix that problem. Uh, but it is going to take some intentionality. Well, we're going to talk first, first and foremost about what if you don't have relationships with non-believers? How do you bring not yet believers uh, potentially into the circle of what you're building as a community? One of the things that, that surprises people is do you invite a not yet believer into uh, a connecting event where you're trying to build community? And one of the things that uh, lots of missiologists have said about reaching people in the West, and they've observed this, is that you need to, people need to belong first before they believe. Um, and so this is a huge opportunity for outreach if you're building a community to create an environment in which people belong and to invite people that are not yet believers into that environment. Uh, they will oftentimes really enjoy that, and that will become a major part of their decision to believe, is that sense in which they belong uh, within that con the context of that community. And so if one of the questions that we want to start with in terms of really thinking about inviting not yet believers is, do you have five non-believers right now in your life that if you invited them to coffee, say, hey, let's get together, they would probably jump on that because you have a close enough relationship, they like you, they know you, they trust you. Are there five people in your life that you could grab coffee with the next week or two that are not yet believers, that you have kind of an active relationship with? And if you don't have five people in that situation, then you are likely living in a Christian bubble. And this is a serious problem that a lot of believers tend to have after a number of years, unless they have very extroverted or evangelistic uh, personalities, or if they're constantly uh, good at making friends, or they're in an environment where they're maybe a work environment where they're meeting not yet believers all the time. But for many people, they find themselves in a Christian bubble, and this is a serious problem. So we're not going to take a ton of time to talk about how to solve that problem. It's actually a bigger problem that we can deal with in this course. We do have a missions course that's all about solving that problem. And so if you find yourself in a Christian bubble, after you're done with the community course, we encourage you guys to, to go and take the mission course and really think through the kinds of practices that will help break that, that bubble. The reason why this is important for community, though, 
is that your community needs to see people go from non-believers all the way through to disciple makers. We need to see, and we all need to experience what it's like to see people coming out of darkness into light, um, see, seeing people get saved. That creates incredible life and purpose and meaning inside a community. If you aren't seeing that kind of flow of new life, then there's going to be a sense within your community of sort of a stagnant powerlessness. And people are going to become more and more uh, inwardly focused. And so it's dangerous to cultivate community in such a way that it's unlikely a non-believer is going to actually come to faith and be discipled in through your community. So if that, if you're in a bubble, um, definitely take the, take the time uh, and really begin to work on what it looks like to begin to build those relationships. But that's one group of people we want to be thinking about regularly about inviting to our, our open supper, our open table time. The second is just meeting other believers. Okay, so what do you do when your network's small in your area uh, to meet other believers? And so the first place, the place that I've gone that has had tremendous amount of success uh, for us is to go to places where people, kind of, kind of what we, we're, we call we call earlier the orphanages. Those are the different churches or ministries where there might be numerous people coming to faith, but there's not a lot of discipleship happening. And so we just invest in discipling people um, where there, where new believers are emerging in and around our area. So I like to really map out all of the places where there is fruit being born in any area. In our area, there were two places that were just erupting with new believers. There was a mega church where people are coming to faith constantly. And then there was multiple areas of young, young life areas in our region where there was lots and lots of new believers coming to faith. And there was a constant struggle in both of those places for having people engage in the discipleship process. And so we just I went in for years and years and just made disciples inside of those places and I developed very deep relationships with and my my network literally increased by about 10 times what it was when I was just trying to build community with my friends uh, when we first started to launch relationally based churches. And so I began to really focus for a whole season on disciple making inside of those orphanages or inside those places. It's really important when you're approaching those places that, that what you do is you're just like, you're there to make disciples. Um, that's your goal. If they join a community or become part of what you're doing more and more deeply, that's something that could happen later. But in that context, you just begin to make disciples serve those places, serve the, the vision of trying to help these non-believers grow to a place of maturity through having a close relationship with, with a more mature believer. And in that process, your, your network will grow very, very quickly. Um, and that will really help serve the future of your ability to invite people into that community. So um, if you want to have more insight on how to make disciples, we also have a course on that. We have a discipleship course. And so you can take that if you want to look at some strategies for how to make disciples. The third um, group of people that if you're looking to invite that you should think about are, are people of peace. And these are people that uh, Jesus describes in, in detail in Luke 10, um, that the Holy Spirit is, brings you into contact with people that are oftentimes the hub of their own relational network. Now, a lot of the kind of seeking of people of peace, just like what happened in Luke 10, is that you have to kind of go out and just walk your neighborhood, get to know people. One of the greatest tools for doing this is to have really predictable patterns in your life where you're going to the same coffee shop, you're going to the same restaurant, you know, you you walk the same kind of paths, pathways, and you're open to just meeting people, talking to people, building relationships over time as you as you're constantly going about doing that and just become comfortable with starting conversations. A lot of the people that have been coming to our open supper in the last month have happened because um, one of the couples have just been going on walks with their baby. And so they've, there's been several families that they've been invited, inviting that are now coming on a regular basis. 
because they just got they just met them during these regular walks that they're having kind of on the same pathway as they're meeting people in our town. Um, so these are really uh, important ways just to meet people, have these kind of regular rhythms in your life, um, and then become open and, and watch people that are also frequenting those places or work at those places um, so that you can build relationships, make those connections, um, make those invitations so they begin to know, like, trust you so that you can actually say, hey, why don't you come to our, um, to our open table or open supper? Um, and then once you begin to, in any of these categories, start to meet people and start to know their names, really pray into that process and just ask the Holy Spirit, like, when is the right time to invite? What's the right way to approach this person? Um, and allow the Holy Spirit to help you cultivate that relationship and that your relationship with the Lord is integrated in your process of making these connections and inviting people. And it can be a really exciting part of your walk with the Lord to see who he puts on your heart, what happens in those times of prayer? Does he tell you, you know, to sense, shoot them a text or to invite them this week to this thing? Or, hey, no, no, before you invite them to that open table, make sure that you have, you know, one more conversation with them and, you know, try to ask them some good questions next time you see them on the road or at that restaurant or at that event or at work. And so you begin to cultivate those relationships and in a really organic way, but also one in which you're being sensitive and listening to the Holy Spirit. And so if you have this problem of a shallow network, like take it seriously and really think about how to expand that. Don't constantly be fishing in a stagnant pool. I've done that myself for a long period of time. I've seen the difference when you start to expand your network exponentially and what happens to all the things that you're trying to start um, through your household and the difference can be night and day. So don't just stay with that problem and think, well, I can't do anything about it. I only know these 20 or 30 people and uh, I've already invited all of them and I don't know what to do next. Like, the, the next step then is begin to break out of that shallow, stagnant pool that you've been sort of swimming in with those people. You need to make sure that that's, that's becoming more vibrant, more full of life, um, more full of new people that you can begin to connect with. Um, and so what we want you guys to do is just take some time, uh, journal about this topic. What is the state of your network? Um, how, how is that going right now? Do you have a networking problem? Uh, do you need to really take seriously some intentional steps to increase that network? Um, write down any ideas that you have that might help you break out of that. If you're in a season where you're really busy, are there some really simple things you can do to start to just slowly build the network? Or if you have whole chunks of time right now, um, because maybe you've transitioned out of a traditional church and you're like, I've got a lot of time on my hands that I did have devoted to that, then there could be some really strategic things you can do with those extra couple rhythms a week that could really greatly expand your network. And I threw out some ideas, but we'd love to talk to you guys more about those as well during our coaching time. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If this teaching stirred something in you and you and your family are sensing any kind of calling or a pull to maybe go down this path in community, we'd love to be a resource to you as you explore this. So if that's you, we want to invite you to join our coaching intensive called A House for Community, where we're going to combine online content and personal coaching for you to provide you with the teaching and the tools and definitely the encouragement that you're going to need to see your home become a house for healthy kingdom relationships. For more information and to apply for this coaching intensive, go to 1kh.org slash community coaching. We'll see you guys for the next episode.